Are you looking for some new goodies to spice up your stash? How about some expertly made and lab-tested baked goods and other innovative infused products that have been made from scratch with plenty of love and hemp too? Well, how about you check out Smoke to Smoke sponsor, Snapdragon Canico. Based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, Snapdragon aims to bring an exceptional variety of infused products right to your door. They've got some classic standards like cereal treats, cookies, brownies, and chocolates, but they've also got hemp-derived tinctures, Delta 9 sodas and seltzers, and Delta 8 infused honey, in addition to a fantastic selection of frequently rotating small batch drops of THCA live resin, diamonds, and flour. So if you haven't already, check out snapdragonhemp.com. And to save a little cash while you stock up your stash off on me, use code SMOKE2SMOKE at checkout. That's S-M-O-K-E, the number two, S-M-O-K-E at snapdragonhemp.com. Enjoy! Welcome to Smoke to Smoke, the show that'll get you in the know about smoke and drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I'm going to have to ask you to leave for now, but when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again. We're back at it and ready to rock and roll after some minor technical difficulties that prevented this episode from airing last night. Gotta love technology, but after much appreciated patience from fantastic listeners like yourself, we're officially here with the second episode of season two. This week, I'll be talking with Andrew Smith, the founder of Totally Hypothetical Care, LLC, a hemp-infused goods company based in Tennessee, and Oscar Ortega, a dedicated mycologist and the creator of Mycelium Limited Cultivation based out of right here in Colorado. Strap up and kick back for the deep explorative dive we take on today's very first roundtable discussion. We take the time to define ego death, the importance or potentially lack thereof of identity, and having a strong sense of purpose, nihilism versus pessimism, overconsumption, overdose, and so much more. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While I make an immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I'm not a doctor. I'm simply presenting my views based on what I gather from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice, and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now, let's light up and dig in. All right, y'all. So we are back with another episode of Smoke to Smoke. Again, it's been a little while. And for season two, we're mixing things up and trying some new concepts on the show. It's like this that we're doing today, more of a roundtable discussion where I have the pleasure of having Oscar of Mycelium Limity and Andrew Hemp Relations of Totally Hypothetical Care on the show with me to discuss 
ego death, and bad trips for our Shroom to Shroom episode. So before we really dive into the discussion, in order to understand ego death, we gotta really understand first what ego is. And it's basically, to my understanding, um, it's a sense of self and our identity as a whole. It's a tool that we use to just define ourselves and our beliefs and that the fact that we feel individual as a entity on this earth. So ego is kind of giving ourselves a sense of personal priority over other people saying that we have um, an individualistic purpose, identity, something that makes us stand out amongst everybody else. And because we find ourselves to be so separate and isolated in the having this identity, while it's nice to have a sense of purpose and just, I guess, uh, assuredness in where you're going to go in life, it also tends to come with a bit of suffering as well, because in this day and age, you constantly find a need to fit in and in the same way stand out. So not like, how do I describe it? Kind of like having a, um, a niche that you fit into since there's so many different niches out there, but still in a way showing like your own little flair to it. Ego death is the phenomenon of somebody losing one sense of self and identity. So everything I just kind of described, just having an ego death would be a moment of losing all compassion for those types of things. Identity doesn't really feel like it has much of a place in your life in that point in time. And really just, for me, it's kind of the deepest point within myself because I relate so much to, well, not relate, I just, I put so much into having an identity. Um, ego death has always been an uncomfortable experience for me since it's something that's so against what I'm used to. And um, I'll just open up the floor from there. Uh, let you guys talk a little bit about what you think, uh, Oscar, if you got anything. And yeah, let's just rock and roll. All right. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Oscar Terry with my silly unlimited for those of you that uh, don't know me yet. And yeah, I this for me, ego um, or just ego death for a while was always something hard to understand. I never because um, you guys like if you look at, you know, you you kind of if you look at the definition of what ego is or just like you look at what ego death is, the definition sometimes, um, you know, words can can't always describe what you're experiencing when you're like in one of those uh, when you're experiencing something like with uh, that's induced with psychedelics. Um, I don't always feel that words kind of describe that. But um, yeah. You know, ego, I guess, in short terms is, um, for me, is the identity that I have or how I um, give myself, like, uh, how important, I guess, like, the things that make me, the, all my past experiences, everything that molded me from, you know, so the, the way that society molded me and how I identify myself um, as, like, I'm Oscar, you know, like, every, all the weird little subconscious things that I do or, or um, that make me me, uh, that's what my ego, that's what I um, draw from that definition is that's what ego is to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess uh, I do have some pretty, I think I have 
um, some interesting perception on um, or perspectives on what ego death can mean, because I do feel that I've experienced uh, positive and negative ego deaths um, or just been in a neutral space where I wasn't necessarily a bad experience. But in the end, um, you kind of like break yourself down of like why you take a certain way or what makes you feel a certain way about something. And then you kind of um, are able to look at it from an outside perspective um, and maybe change something or just kind of look at it face to face and, you know, come come to terms with with, with things. Um, so, yeah, that's just like a little short definition of what that means to me. So. So, yeah, you mentioned that you experience ego death, both a positive and negative experience, as well as like a kind of a neutral state to work your way out of understanding what the experience was like to you. I personally have only experienced ego death after um, consuming psychedelics or a high, um, a high amount of a substance at prior to or around the time of a series of negative experiences so it's also kind of shifted how ego death is like the entire perception of it for me is because I haven't really had a positive um a positive headspace when I got to have that experience so tell us a little bit more about what your experiences were like um myself yes um yeah so I, I guess maybe just I'll just compare maybe both you know like what a negative like maybe or at the time what felt uncomfortable i don't want to say negative i do feel that ego death has a big has a heavy like a misconception attached to it you know it's not a negative thing and i and you know when you're going through those things like it it's just uncomfortable because it's something that you're not that you weren't expecting to happen and as you're going through it you know it's just going to be uncomfortable you're going to come out of it but i guess uh, a negative one for me and just like the lamest terms or like the simplest way of explaining it is 100% um, knowing or like realizing that, or sometimes you don't even, you can't even, um, you don't have that like awareness to actually realize what you're going through, but um, it would be having absolutely no control of what's happening in your third eye or like, or in your mind, you know, it's like no matter what you try to tell yourself or you try to, think or anything like it's just it's just gonna happen it's just something that you're gonna go through and sometimes it's very uncomfortable and when we don't have control of those things you know that that i guess that is the most like generic um you know way of describing what ego death is it's just you being um almost like hopeless and just um having no control of what you're going to experience um when you're you know induced or when you partake in any type of psychedelic um and then to compare it to like a, a positive or like a neutral experience would be that you're not necessarily like you don't feel scared um, and you're almost like curious about what's going on and you kind of venture into it even more and you're kind of going along with it. And you're like, what, like, what is, what is behind this experience? Like, where am I going? And you kind of, you know, you, you dive into it and that's um in, in in the lamest terms like that's what a to me what a positive like experience is um and yeah i mean you know i'm open and if you you know i know that there's the, the actual definition for all this like um 
And I thought there could be a lot of people kind of like thinking like, oh, that's not what real ego death is and whatnot, you know. But to me, I also believe that ego death isn't something that only happens when you partake in any kind of uh, psychedelic or mind-altering substance or any kind of drug. It can, I think it also has, it's a way of like surrendering yourself of your like, your beliefs, like what you, what makes you you and just giving yourself like, okay, maybe I am. I, I, maybe I am wrong. Maybe I, I need to look at it a different way. And to me, that's like a mini ego death, you know? So that's what I had to say uh, so far. But I like a lot of what you said, actually. Uh, to be honest, I, I think you uh, kind of hit it on the head there. Uh, I think the same way, to be honest. I, I believe it's the, it kind of happens when your subconscious and your conscious brain merge. You know, when that uh, the wall between them kind of disappears and your senses and everything get overloaded. And like you said, the kind of different types of ego death, it kind of made sense. Uh, I went through two different ones in the same trip when I did my 10 gram dose. <laughs> Looking back, I didn't even realize it till you said it now. The first, when it first started was the curious, like, oh, what's going on? You know, opening the doors and going down the holes and having fun. And then the like the lesson portion comes in is what I like to think of it as that therapeutic, like, Hey, this crap that uh, was buried down there. Remember this, you're still holding on to it. You need to let it go. And I feel like that's a big part of that ego death type thing happening. Yeah. I have personally, I've experienced it a few different times. Um, most recently with psychedelics and the latest time was probably one of the, it was the last trip I had, so sometime in October. But it was an ape yeti cross that I had been stashing for a hot minute that was gifted to me by uh, Oscar. It was, uh, <laughs> I was so excited to try it. So I um, split about half the bag, did a lemon tech, and within 15 minutes, it was a dose that I had usually taken but within a mindset that I had never quite taken it in before, because usually if I'm in a headspace where I'm even slightly like easily irritable or agitated, I try not to relinquish my, the entirety of my emotions to psychedelics that particular night, because I know that my emotions ebb and flow so much. There's only so much I can do before I feel like I've lost complete control. And while that, um, higher dose the mystical dose always sounded very interesting to me to hit that level it wasn't something i was ready for and so the fact that i went through that experience with like i believe it was just a two or a, it was like a two and a half gram dose but i did the lemon tech with it i was just i panicked right. probably within the first 15 minutes of it kicking in um felt like i hit a roof at a certain point where I kind of separated mentally from the panic and I was aware of like, okay, I can't, I just got to ride this out mm -hmm. until I get to the end of this trip. And during mm -hmm. that period of time, it felt honestly like I was stuck forever, mm -hmm. even though it was no more than a two hour trip. Um, I just kind of sat there and I cried a lot a lot of overthinking and rethinking things that um just that's what ego death is to me hitting a point 
in transcendence mentally where you're able to separate and kind of like your life flashes before your eyes where you're starting to question previous decisions you've made interactions you've had and just kind of at a point where you're trying to figure out is what i'm doing right now even working and if not what am i going to do to either build myself back up and change yeah or just kind of accept that's where things are at right now. yeah that's can i add on to that yeah that that's i mean that is it oh, it's so hard to like try to try to explain ego death but then like when you explain one of your own experiences it just sounds you know what i mean like that's where i'm like yeah like i i oh yeah i I always feel like when you're like like what you're describing we're just like it's actually something that i picked up after you know going through all these things like um like for sure something that is sitting with you and i I, i'm Mm. i'm pretty sure we'll get into like set and setting but like um when when you're when something is like on the back of your mind, you know, those things tend to um, play um, like a, like a broken record player, you know, and you're just like in that situation. And, and sometimes, sometimes you can realize it and you can be like, you can use that as a, in 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 like a positive way and kind of say like, well, what can I do? Like what's going on? But when you're out of those situations, one of the things that I picked up on the most um, that I, I actually quite often ask myself, and it's really hard also to kind of bring it up to somebody is to ask yourself of like what you're doing or anything that you feel like passionate about or you're working on um, is always like ask yourself is like, what's the point? You know, like, what am I like, what is the end goal here? Like, is this really impactful? Is this really matter? You know, and like those things are like the things that echo with you when you're in those uh, when you're in that mindset, you know, and having taking that little lesson when when you're in that mindset and then when you're sober and like asking yourself those things about like, Hey, if, um, I don't know, it's just an example. Like, like if I'm really going to put a lot of time to this project, like what's the end goal? Is it really going to impact people? Is it really going to impact my life? Is going to, is it really going to help me? And you, and like those, that little tiny lesson can really help you make better decisions, you know? Yeah. I mean that that's, I just wanted to add that to what, to what you said. Yeah. So on that note, um, basically it sounds like a like a a pit of nihilism temporarily when you get to that um, state of ego death. Do y'all see that? I guess that sudden apathy towards purpose and identity roles within society and just the feeling of constantly needing to provide for others when all that just kind of dissipates. Is that terrifying for you or is that free and if so depending on what your answer is tell us why Mm. i feel like it's a little bit of both right i mean it's both freeing in the aspect of now you can focus on you but it's also kind of terrifying in the aspect of now you can focus on you it's like you get stuck you're like, oh, now I gotta, let's do this. Let's do this work. Let's, let's look inside and get crazy and really dig. And then you're like, what am I doing with my life? What have I been doing with my life? What am like, why do I do this? Why did I yeah. do that? Like, why am I, is this really what I want to be doing? No, I want to do this. Why am I not doing it? All right, well, let's go do it. You know, it seems to change your, your whole look on everything. You're just like, instead of, making excuses not to do something you're like why am i not doing it 
there's no reason I shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, like, instead you're like, how can I make it work? How can I make this happen now instead of later? Yeah. Yeah. But then you get kind of scared of yourself. Sometimes you're like, okay, well now where am I heading? Like what's next? Am I ready for what's next? Like, have I done enough work to be ready for the next part? Yeah. Or is it going to beat me down again? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that's just how I feel. Very interesting. What do you think, Oscar? Um, well, I, 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 one thing sat with me when you, you brought, you said the word, and not, what would you say, annihil, nihilistic or nihilism, nihilism yeah. right? And I, I know, yeah. I know, I've, I've, re, I've, I've looked at that word so many times, um, but, um, just for those like who don't know what that is, because I, I was one of those people that was always like, what does that mean? And, you know, um. I, I, I feel like that's a nihilist uh, nihilism is like kind of always looking at uh, things. I don't know. For me, it means like, oh, you're just looking at things negatively or like you're like, you know, it has like that. Oh, it's, it's you know, everyone's dying. Like world hunger is never going to be solved. You know, that kind of thing. Um, uh, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, um, that into relations of what we're talking about um yeah, that is like a thing where like you have to learn to like it's like you're it's like a balance, you know, it's a scale and you uh and one and like like uh Andrew, right? Andrew yes it said like it can be like a bad or good thing. Um one hundred percent. Um you know, you could I guess that's what I what I what I was bringing up is that you can use that and and that's why I also said like it's really hard to have that conversation with people sometimes because you could be like you know, they could be like, oh, I want to I want to be a chef and I want to do this and that. And then um, when you say something to someone like, um, so, like, why do you want to do it? Do you really want to do it? Like it, it can sometimes sound like you're putting them down, you know, or putting down something. But those 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 questions are the ones that like can really help you identify whether it's something that you really want to do. And a lot of us kind of I feel that most of us actually go through life kind of avoiding those hard questions, you know, and you know, this is one of those things that you can partake that you could actually really pay attention to like, Hey, is this really going to, is this really for me or not? You know? Um, but yeah. Um, well, I, I'd say overall, I feel like, um, growing up within the current day and age, especially with COVID only being three years prior to now at this point, Um, We all hit a point of kind of not really having much of anything at all, not really having a sense of direction on when things are going to look up, where my next check is going to come from, what my next meal is going to look like. And it would be people that never really thought that was going to be an issue for them suddenly finding themselves in that spot. And now that we're recovering from that, this being kind of the first full year back to action, we're all just kind of, um, we're doing all these passion projects, kind of just taking life um, haphazardly and just like, I've always wanted to do this. This is the time to do this right now without necessarily thinking more in depth of like, okay, I've always wanted to do this, but am I still the same person I was when I initially wanted to do this? Is this still the right thing for me? Why did I want to do this at all in the first place? What are my steps after I get the ball rolling on this? And it's all these things where nihilism, I feel like, is kind of that it you can be nihilistic without being pessimistic. 
Sorry, I did some dabs. Um, yeah, you can be nihilistic without being pessimistic, which is what I was kind of hinting at earlier. What you were saying more of just like, yeah, everything sucks and like the economy's bad and um uh, things like kind of like that the the everything is doom and gloom type thing. I'd say that's kind of the point you hit with nihilism where you made the decision, okay. I'm at this pit of, or not even a pit, I'm just kind of at this flat middle ground. I need to decide if I'm going to be more optimistic from here, if I'm going to kind of think through my life choices and think, what was the purpose of all this? And then continue on from there, making the most of it. Or if I'm going to be a pessimist and realize, yeah, okay, maybe nothing I did had a purpose and I don't think anything I'm going to do from on is going to have a purpose. So kind of fuck it, what's the point? So you, you got to find that medium and then make the right choice from yeah. there. The definition I pulled up, um, extreme skepticism maintaining that nothing in the world has a real existence. Wow. So it's more so to me um, with that philosophical definition saying like, again, nothing really has a purpose, but not really saying anything's bad, just saying we're just all kind of here trying to make purpose of something that we're trying to still figure out right and I, I don't know I, I feel like after doing my giant dose there uh it just kind of feels like the purpose is to be here like i feel like we're looking for something instead of just accepting what we have here like just be here be in the moment like be happy mm-hmm. be whatever you want to be do what you want to do you know live your life stop worrying about what you should be doing yeah <laughs> yeah that, that that's deep that's yeah i i had a since i started this business and it's kind of became like it has become my main source of income and like my main thing and um a lot of my you know close close friends and family they kind of like are like what is oscar doing you know like what the heck is going on and um I feel that once I really like enveloped this whole thing and I was like, I set up a a three-year plan, five-year plan. And like, I became this. Um, I remember I was kind of having conversations with my brothers and I asked one of my brothers, um, I was, I was like, Hey man, what are you going to do after the military? Cause he's, he's about to, um, he's about to retire in the next like decade. Right. Um, and he's, he's very young and, and you know, he, he was just kind of like, I don't know. I haven't really thought of that. Like, I don't, I don't know, you know, and he won't until he's and out. He was like, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he was like, what do you want to do with life? You know? And I was kind of like surprised of how fast my response was. Um, after, after mm-hmm. I told him and, and I, I just told him, um, I just want to live a pioneering life with things that, um, with my, the things that drive me towards like my passions and I want the people around me that I interact with me to never feel judged and just be happy, you know, that like, and just be happy, like that we know each other and that, you know, and, and kind of thing. And, it, and and when I, after I had that conversation with, with him and I kind of was thinking about it, um, it was like one of those weird things that you kind of like, did I just really say that? Because, you know, you, you kind of go through life, like mm-hmm. thinking that you need to, be I don't know, financially successful you need to acquire all this like uh you know all these materials and, and whatnot and then you kind of like i don't know you, you you realize that none of that stuff really matters and the really good things in life mm-hmm. are like the things that you know just something like that like 
pursuing your passions and just wanting to be happy and, and you know and make other people feel the same way so yeah i feel like at this point i've changed my career path a million billion times as to what i want to eventually do because i haven't really I can't really, every time I I come back to that question of what do I want to do in life? What do I want, what do I want to make a, a career out of? I never really know what to say because I want to do something that makes me happy long-term. And ultimately being happy long-term doesn't necessarily mean staying within the same position on the career path in the same job for 20, 30 years. It's shifting, doing things that make you happy. You feel like you're making a difference and to each their own on what what's fulfilling for them work-wise and what's a career path for them. But like, I've had so many different variants for me that at this point, I just, what I want to do for a career is just if I can make it easier for other people to just coexist and just harmonize and be happy and help them utilize any teaching moments accessible to become better people themselves and also take that time to just work on myself so i guess like that sounds like hr to me i don't know <laughs> but um yeah it's just it, it's hard really um a lot of people trying to find a purpose in what your career path is going to be. Even if you don't um, serve um, tours in the military, it's just kind of hard. Yeah. It, yeah. It seems like we're all trying to kind of go in the same direction here, which is kind of funny, <clears throat> you know, seeing as we have completely separate different experiences with different strains and everything. Mm -hmm. But it seems like we're all kind of on that same, like, I just want to do me be happy and if that makes other people happy and lets them do them, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so have you guys recently partaken in any kind of deep experience or has it like, has it been a while? I mean, it wasn't like deep as in like a strong dose, but it was like a good dose. I did uh, my micro dose that I do with my capsules that I make. It's uh, THC and psilocybin. And <clears throat> I took some of those and went on a nice mountain ride on a motorcycle in like 34 degree weather. That was fun. But it wasn't like a big, crazy, you know, experience. But it was one of those nice, you know, meditative, okay. I guess I would call it, experience. Yeah. Um, for myself, I, I've been microdosing lately and that's been working for me. Um, but... I had two, um, basically two ego death experiences back to back within a month of each other, like <laughs> September and October. And after that, I was just like, mm, I'm just gonna, yeah. just gonna take a macro dosing break. So I've just <laughs> been growing in the meantime. But um, the first, uh, the the first kind of experience I had was really what led to me just kind of completely going just off the grid as far as Instagram. LinkedIn, mm -hmm. all the social media, and I'm just now getting back into that. That happened in September. I'm just now starting to try to get back into that now in December because it's what I love to do is make content. But I hit a point where I lost sight of that joy. I was so stressed out 
just trying to make as much content as possible and as yeah. much coded text so that I didn't get booted or banned off of Instagram or make somebody upset to where I'm getting reported or now I can't go live for a month and a half. And I, like, it was a day I made a post where I have a social club page and I have an Instagram. I have about a thousand posts on Instagram and about 800 posts on social club. And the posts on social club are basically all the content that I'm not allowed to make and post on Instagram. So just after realizing that and kind of taking accountability of I'm mm -hmm. putting in way too much work that a majority of my audience isn't even getting to see, I kind of just like, I'm too stressed out about this. My peers online are all very disgruntled because yeah. everybody was getting booted off left and right at the time. I was like, let me just take a step back so I can focus on me mm -hmm and try to focus on the podcast and things that I enjoy. And then the trip I had, it was probably a month or so later, was um, around the time of the Spooktacular live show, which you two are familiar yeah. of the behind the scenes chaos that went on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna go too much in depth on the podcast about it just because I just got out of that drama. I'm not gonna get too much back into it by naming names, but there were a lot of random threats going on um, against the attendees of the venue, um, against myself, uh, a lot of just heinous claims getting thrown around, pretty incessant on um, just DMs, on Instagram posts, and all that negativity from the community that I'm, I thought I was trying to educate and show mm -hmm. love to and just seeing that I was getting no love back after spending basically six months grinding to the bone, trying to do some type of event that was supposed to bring the community together and seem to do nothing but that. Um, in the end, uh, I mean, we had, a, we had a nice turnout. It was a nice little event, but I wish it could have gone way smoother and way less chaotic and on way better terms than how it ended out ultimately. Um, but yeah, after I had that second trip around that time, it was just kind of like a full fallback on, I, I had episode 99 of the show. I didn't even get to record episode 100 of the podcast that I was trying to celebrate because I was focused too much on the drama from all this other shit outside of the show. So yeah, just really those two experiences were the last time that I had a macro dose. And that was really the last time I felt I needed it. I felt like I had the time to uh, consume, consume the psychedelic, sit there in my thoughts and just like, okay, this really, this just really is not working for me right now, but I still want to get back to the basics of what I enjoy. So how do I backtrack, rewind and get back to just the simplicity of recording the show and having these nice conversations? Yeah. So after I had that second experience, I'm just now just microdose. I haven't really... It hasn't felt right to macrodose since then. Yeah, it. Well, I mean, that, that kind of sounds like an ego death, you know. I mean, you respect it, you know. You're like, I don't know if I need that right now. Um, but man, I'm so sorry. I mean, it, it sounds tough. Like you went through something tough, you know. And I, I also like haven't really told anybody about this, but um, throughout like our move, during the middle of our move. Um, for those who don't know, we relocated from Colorado Springs down to Fort Collins. And during that whole um, time mm -hmm. period, 
there was kind of like a lot of things going on with the business. There was potential like storefronts. There was a lot of ordering being done um, for the cast units. And there was just a lot of movement. And I think I was in a, in a similar position as you were like, there was so much. I had, I had so many projects going on and they're all hitting at the same time. And I was just like, what am, what is going on? I, I literally cannot do this. Like I have to stay up all night and work on all these things up until I move, you know, and it, they all, it all kept building up. And towards like the end of that, um, I actually got, um, one of my platforms got shut down through, for, through banking regulations. So I wasn't, um, it got it just completely shut down. And that was like the last like string for me. And, and we were, we were behind on uh, actually like moving and we were like in a rush. And I just remember like we were driving the, on the last day that we like finished uh, doing everything in, a, in Colorado Springs and loaded up the van and everything. We're driving back and I was just like so stressed out. And I was like thinking about everything. I was like, how am I going to do all this when I get back, you know, when we get to Colorado Springs? And uh, Sandra was like, are you okay? And I just like started tearing up and I was like, I don't want to talk about it. She's like, no, I want to talk about it. And I was like, and you know, that was for me was like, I mean, that's, that's a kind of mini ego death for me too. Is like, you know, just realizing that no matter how hard you try on everything that you're doing, sometimes you just don't have control of it, you know, and you kind of have to just write it out. And I did, I, 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 once I got to Fort Collins, I took like a break from everything. You know, I stopped opening up, opening up the socials. I stopped like, and I just kind of like, this is concentrated on like what is in front of me, you know? Um, and, you know, now I feel way better about the things, you know, I think with everything at some point, you kind of need a break, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've actually haven't even microdosed in a while um, since the move actually. And, you know, it's like, you just, it's like a, one of those, like you hit a little moment of clarity and you're like, Oh man, that was tough, but I feel so much better and I'm ready. I'm ready to do it again, you know? And now, um, you know, now there's all kinds of things that I've set mm. up to uh, prevent anything like that from happening again. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like we were going through something tough, you know, around the same time and a hey, respect for you, you know, being here and hosting this episode and, you know, all we can do is move forward, you know? Hey, you, do you have a question you want to ask? or want to submit an idea for a future show, email me at smoketosmoke420 at gmail.com or send me a voice message on the podcast website. Please be sure to give us a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, did you know that after a long time coming, Smoke to Smoke finally has a newsletter? That's right. The new best way to stay connected with the show as things ramp up is through the newsletter. With the increased amount of censorship and privilege removal from Instagram, the chance of getting deleted seems extra high. So, if you hadn't had the chance, head over to smoketosmokepodcast.com, click on the High Maintenance Newsletter tab, and fill out a few quick details to sign up. When you join, you'll get exclusive access to special giveaways sponsored by Caligars and the affiliates of the show, 
find out when new products release on the affiliates and sponsors website and even better if you live in Colorado and you have an interest in mycology you can sign up for the myco enthusiast section to gain access to promotions discounts and giveaways hosted by myself and the show's partner Mycelia Unlimited on genetics and grow kits for educational and research purposes don't forget for the latest updates when the show airs sneak peeks into my cannabis adventures and for educational cannabis and mycology content you can check out smoke to smoke's main and backup pages smoke to smoke underscore podcast and smoke to smoke underscore productions on instagram again the podcast is still currently pretty hardcore shadow banned on instagram so the best way to help this show continue to grow is by word of mouth Share the show with your friends and Canna family and let them know that they can now enjoy the show too wherever they stream on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you're streaming right now so that you're the first to know when a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in this week. Yeah, so on that note, uh... Since we kind of, I think, thoroughly now have all gotten to a, an understanding of what ego death is for each of us individually, how did you go about <laughs> the steps after that? How did you build yourself back up? Afterwards, I just kind of, like y'all were talking about, taking the break from the social media. That was a big thing for me. I was like, okay, hold on. I can do this. Like, I can, I can make all these products that everyone else is making and arguably better than some of these. And I'm like, I could be making money instead of making money for other people. So it like shifted my whole way of thinking about things. And then I was like, all right, well, we're going to go forward. Then we're going to do this. So I started immediately after formulating, trying to get it to that perfect, like, you know, the legal dose that I have to keep it around here to keep it as legal hemp. And uh, it took me like, maybe a year or so. And I was like, okay, I think I got it. And I sent it in and it was good. And I've just been kind of moving forward ever since every, I don't know, I guess I've been trying to do something at least every week or every couple of weeks that moves me forward ever since that my big, like 10 gram dose. And that was like Is that about two years ago. I, two years ago, I think. Yeah. It's hard to remember. Time disappears. <laughs> so that's interesting. It sounds like basically the ego death that we experience, we're at different points within our careers where yours kind of sparked the creation of your business, Totally Hypothetical Care, while ours kind of brought us to a very healthy hiatus when we just had way too much going on as small business owners. So... <laughs> This also kind of ties into just the alternative health industry and niche as a whole and with content creation, um, trying to market ourselves, um, finding banking and just shifting with the way the legal loopholes and just how the laws are changing on a weekly and monthly basis anyway. So how do we, um, upon having these psychedelic experiences and even outside of these psychedelic experiences, find times to um, just come to a realization that we need to kind of slow down or kind of redirect and just as a content creator? Um, I, I, it's hard to do it when you're in, when you're in the 
when you're in the moment, you know. Oh, by the way, I haven't really talked about an experience. I kind of just have, you know, I, I know you guys have kind of already shared something. Uh, I'll share something, uh, I guess, if, you know, later on. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just like, man, there, if you, what was that? Is if you don't want to, that's fine. Like, don't feel pressured to sharing something with us. But if, you, if you're comfortable, we will. Oh. No, no, yeah, I 100% feel comfortable. I was just kind of like realizing you guys are yeah, actually talking about experiences and I'm just like not talking about one directly, but I will. Um, but to to like this, what we were just talking about, I guess it's hard to like, it's hard to realize that when you're going through it, you know, like sometimes we just put our heads on. It's like work, 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 just get it done, figure it out, you know, and and that does become you. Um, and I, I, mm-hmm. I feel now what I'm trying to do now, right, is like, I can't do that by myself. I want to, but I'm not there yet. Do I know someone that can do that and wants to work with me? Right. And, and in reality, like that is literally how businesses are formed, right. And business relationships are formed. And you would think that I, at least I thought that I was like, well, I can just do it myself. I can just yeah. do all you know, but I can't, I can't, I don't own a 3d printing company. You know, I don't know how to 3d print design or design 3d, um, you know, images like that um mm-hmm. uh it, it you know just like that's just an example but i guess like figuring out of like can i maybe work with someone that wants to do this but doesn't but can't they don't have the funds they don't have the business uh, understanding of how to do it can i can i bring can i meet them halfway and give them that portion and they also help me you know open a new location and that those kind of things is like you know figuring out i guess it's like i guess i don't know just opening your eyes and being like i need help then you know and then asking the right people for help I mean, what do you think uh yeah it's really just kind of because we when we start out it's kind of hard trying to navigate mm-hmm. what's actual helpful information on the internet and what's just a whole bunch of baloney trying to sh- like sift through it and also within that same regard trying to find people who are on your side and generally generally genuinely trying to promote uh themselves and you and make just a better business relationship you'll find often you'll have a quick five-minute conversation with somebody and suddenly that's the equivalent of like a 400 hundred dollar consultation when you thought you guys were just talking and it's the nightmare of a small business owner of not really understanding what you what's what's free what you're paying for and so you kind of just kind of fall, you fall into this loop of i'm just going to do this myself and that's the freest way I know how yeah. when I'm just yeah. starting out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> but um, if you're able to find that network, which is kind of something, it's easier to find a network once you've been in the industry for a little bit, kind of know your players a little bit better and who's generally on the side of promotion of the plant and alternative medicine, who's just kind of on the side of lining their pockets. But... Um, it's it's kind of hard to navigate those things and find a point where okay i've done all i can now i need to start finding and building a team because i'm at a comfortable point where i've built up um a foundation to expand off of beside Mm -hmm. just that one person yeah yeah of course there's so many variables to it all yeah Mm -hmm. well we veered a little bit off of ego death kind of you said you were going to um tell us about an experience you had would you still like to share yeah yeah of course um i mean i've had many um i'm pretty i'm very very like uh, cautious i respect this so much you know like 
Um, it's funny how like, a lot of people are like, man, this guy's just eating mushrooms all the time. You know, I, I feel like that's what a lot of people think, like my friends or something that I back at home or something. Um, I mean, my, one of my brothers that once asked me, he's like, so how often do you take them? You know, it's like, actually not very often, man. You don't need to. And, and um, but yeah, I've had, I've had many experiences and I've always, like I said, I'm very cautious. So what I do, I have like learned to pick up, like when something's about to be like, Oh, oh here we go. Um, this is going to mm-hmm. be very intense. And I kind of sometimes yeah. can, uh, um, depending on like, if I really want to go for it, um, you know, I can kind of like bring myself out of it usually by just opening my eyes and kind of like trying to interact with something in front of me will kind of help a little bit. Um, but I guess I can share with you guys, like, um, back in, let me see, I guess like the most I had ever taken was, uh, about, it was over 15 grams and, um, yeah, it was over 15 grams, and I, I, it, it, it was never like a, it was, it wasn't bad. But the way that this like ego death for me worked, which is why I'm always like, when people ask me, it's like, so what am I gonna experience? Like, um, you know, like sometimes or like they're they're or when people also like have that, um, they think that the healing or like the everything's gonna happen right away. This is the perfect example of like how it just depends it's different for everyone you know and this is about three years ago that i did this um and i've had many many more in between but this one is like as a perfect example for me like um to kind of like share share my thoughts on it or just kind of expand on it but i took over 15 grams Mm -hmm. and throughout the process i was out for about eight hours right like i could not i wasn't i was just somewhere else but during that time i it wasn't a negative like turmoil just like spinning and you know like there wasn't like that hopelessness but it was one of it was like that type of experience that i was talking about earlier where i was just like going and going and going deeper into um you know my third eye or whatever you want to call it the the perception of what reality is and as i kept going i i was like this like um i don't know how to explain i was like a light creature I was like, uh, I knew it was me, but it was like, I was made of light and I was going deeper okay. into the universe of like what I thought existence was. And I ended up just to keep it short. I ended up, I was looking for something. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I ended up finding it. And it was this like huge hole of like this, like black stuff, just like pouring into it, like almost like a black hole kind of situation. And, mm-hmm. and that, um, I, I came to understand that it was all this anger that I had. And like, it was weird because like in the middle of that whole experience, like I could still kind of be like, wow, I'm angry, you know, like, and, and I identified that as anger. And I was like, this anger is killing me. Like I need to like figure out how to like let all this go, you know? Um, and after I came out of that trip or that experience, um, I remember getting out of it and it was just kind of like looking out the window and I was like, that was so weird, you know? And I, and mm-hmm. I remember cause I was actually like drinking and I, and I, and I drank a, I drank a beer and I was kind of like, Oh, that was like the weirdest, like, that was like the weirdest trip I ever had. And it wasn't until like six months after, you know, like that, this, this whole thing kind of sat in the back of my mind for a while. And I was thinking about it for like mm-hmm. six months and I didn't know how to like, um, you know, direct it or I guess, um, 
shoot, I'm dra I'm drawing a blank right now, but um, um, ah, uh, it's like on the it starts with an I. <laughs> you guys know it. Um, uh, like uh, when when you're kind of like interpret. making sense. Of, what was that? Interpret. 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 Yeah, but um, it's like a. Oh. Sorry, it's like a. Wow, I can't believe I can't uh, think of this. It'll come back to me, but um, mm. integration. I wasn't like um, integrating it, right? I was kind of like just like, whoa, that was just weird. That weird thing happened to me, and um, yeah. it wasn't until six months after that I was like, um, I actually had a conversation with someone. I was like, I'm just like, I don't agree with you. I'm angry with this. Like, and, and a lot of things kind of changed for me um, at that time period, and yeah, that's like. You know, and, and the reason I, I chose that story is because, um, you know, it was a lot for me to intake. Um, well, I wouldn't recommend anyone to do that. Um, but I, you know, and I kind of did. I was in a safe place. I just kind of locked myself in the room and just kind of like let it ride mm -hmm. out. Um, but it it didn't make sense to me until even at, like six months after, you know. Uh, and I kind of just pushed it off. I kind of like what, you know, it was just like. Oh, that was weird. But yeah, like, you know, just when you do art part, when you or when you are partaking in this kind of thing, you know, you, it's not always going to happen as fast as it will for some people. Or you're not, you know, some people just might take a while for that, you know, kind of for that realization to come through. But yeah, I mean, that's one of my, at least that's one of like the the most, uh, the one that I kind of like think about a lot when people start to start describing ego deaths. So I'm like, yeah, it wasn't that's probably the biggest most impactful one i ever had but it wasn't scary it was just it was just like something that i had you know it just took a while to realize but yeah anyways what do you i mean what do you guys think about that um have you guys ever had like a something like that? yeah uh i mean i understand what you're feeling there i did mine was like 10 to 12 mm. somewhere in there i i meant to do like seven and uh well I had like a little over, a little over half. Okay. <laughs> I gifted like a three point five to somebody, and I sat the bag next to me, and I was like, "I'm gonna eat enough to hallucinate this time." That was my goal. And so I was playing Xbox, eating some mushrooms, and then at some point, the mushrooms started to taste like chicken, and I I ended up eating the whole bag. Wow. I was just like, oh, okay. So, you know, it was like 10 to 12-ish, somewhere in there. And uh, this was only like the third time I did mushrooms. <laughs> and I, I was like walking over to my buddies. And I was like, hey, man. I was like, it's pretty good stuff. And he's like, yeah, these, like, these are the strongest mushrooms I've ever had. And I was like, what do you mean, man? <laughs> and I was like, because he introduced me to them. He's like, yeah, these are like the strongest ones I've ever had. Wherever you got it from, they're great. And I'm like, oh, crap. He's like, how many did you eat? And I was like, the rest of that bag. And he, I remember him looking at me going, bro, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, man. So I spent probably see, the first six hours, seven hours, I was outside talking to my wife, explaining to her everything that was happening while it was happening, and then telling her that I don't know how I was telling her because I wasn't there. Hmm. And she would ask me where I was, and I was like, I don't know. I'm not here, though. But somehow I was still talking to her and, like, everything. But I just remember being just like, Phew. It was like I could see every molecule vibrating in its natural frequency all over everywhere. It was crazy. It was, like, super overloading. And then the last, like, 
two hours, three hours. I was in and out of consciousness. You know, that whole like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. Nope, nope, I'm down. <laughs> and then I came out of that and was like, okay, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. Like, I felt totally normal. And mm-hmm. wife's watching some, I don't know, some comedy show on TV. And, like, the first time they cracked a joke, I, I like, lost it. I don't even know why. It wasn't even that funny. Yeah. But, like, I just lost it, right? And I just could not stop laughing for a solid, like, 15 minutes. And I was like, I guess I'm not good. I'm still going. Uh, but it was like, that was all I had left after. That was just this, like, super overwhelming, like, giddy happiness. Like, a happiness hangover, you know? Like, you just got overloaded. And then the next day, I got up, and I was having my morning blunt. And I think about halfway through it, I was like, damn, this is this is hitting kind of hard. And I, I remember looking up and looking out the window and going, oh, shit, because I was starting to get that, that vibration vision again. <laughs> and I was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't finish this right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've made that mistake before. Next morning, like within a few hours of afterwards, what I thought wore out of my system, like, I'm a smoke. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you are instantly reminded and humbled. (laughs) But it's such a pleasant experience now that I've been able to kind of like, I'm used to it now. But the first time that I consume mushrooms and then um, consume my dose of like um, THC because I needed it for my back, I was just kind of like, I was blown away by how much it just took the experience I was already having and then just like, basically propelled me tenfold into just the colorful visuals, the elated emotion, the intensity of just how things felt and tasted and all my senses just elevated. So now that I'm a little bit more comfortable and able to control it, now I know, okay, maybe take like a couple hits of a bowl here and there for feel comfortable instead of like four dabs to the face and then just kind of in a state of like, oh God, the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, you, you learn to pace yourself. What you gotta say? I wanna, okay, since you brought that up, I've just been so curious about this. Cause I've, um, do, do you guys know who Duncan Trussell is? Duncan Trussell. I'm sure you guys probably, I mean, mm. he, he has a, he has a podcast. I think um, it's familiar. I'd recommend you look it up. Yeah. It's a Duncan Trussell family hour, I think is, yeah. And he's also known for, um, oh, what's that animation show called? Oh. Man, I might have memory problems right now, but he has uh, he has a yeah he he has a show where it's like this animated character travels throughout the universe interviewing people on on his podcast. Um, I think it's called Midnight Gospel. Midnight Gospel. The name sounds very familiar. But um, he said something in a podcast that I listened to a long time ago, and I've always been curious. And he said that like he took like a crazy dab hit, or maybe maybe he was talking mm-hmm. about someone else doing it, but. They said that the person was just like not there, like they were just like face on the table, just like out, you know. <laughs> and yeah. and I and yeah. I was kind of wondering. Um, I don't I don't really smoke a whole lot, but I I kind of like when I stopped kind of smoking was around the time when people started using like crazy glassware to start like you know doing that. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was always like, "What the mm-hmm. what the hell is going on yeah. now?" You know, but. Is it possible to like have those like an ego death with THC? So I can, I mean, yeah, it's, it's possible. Yes. I can, I can attest at having been to the different levels with cannabis and with mm-hmm. mushrooms. I can tell you one hundred percent, like the upper levels of cannabis can 
come between the lower and mid levels of mushrooms. Yeah, like the first time I ever did a dab, which was the highest concentrate I of ten of I gotta say of Tennessee of THC I had ever had at that point. Um, I I wasn't even on this earth anymore. I didn't know where I was at because I was supposed to be doing a photo shoot that night um, <laughs> at Darth Maul for like a Star Wars photo shoot. I did not make it. Um, I would just we had to redo it like within the next couple of days um, because I just I. I didn't lose it. I didn't like, as far as like, I didn't start spazzing out or having a panic attack, but I just like suddenly felt this overwhelming sense of like, I'm doing too much and I need to go home. And I've hit this point in my life way too much where it's like, okay, I've had this high, um, high level of intoxicant or um, um, psychoactive substance. And now I've realized what I'm doing is too much for what I really need to be at as far as just my, up to speed for what's comfortable for me just dial yeah. back and reset wow see that's another thing that like sandra um she just started you know she finished her nursing degree and she's she's been going to like doing all her like she's finally a nurse you know and she's been she tells me these like crazy Ooh. stories of like kids coming in and they're like they're asking them, like what'd you do and they're completely out out of it you know and they're like i just it, they were just smoking weed you know that's what she says it's like man that sounds like insane that you know what she's describing is like just you know not there just unhealthy in despair uh, like, yeah you know so I, it's crazy that that could also well well as far as like i've never actually hit that point with cannabis what you're describing but i've actually been in a familiar set a similar setting to this um i'm not putting any blame on the children. I am very sorry they're in that situation. Yeah. But a lot of the time when they're finally at the point of being in the doctor setting, we're okay, we're getting help for you. The only thing that they're comfortable admitting to being in their system is THC. Oh, yeah. Of course, there could have been other things that probably all combined and just weren't working out. And just yeah. because at that underdeveloped stage in your brain, um, like anything, like any type of little interference or um, depressant or stimulant can just kind of like, it changes things. It can yeah. make, make you make just a dumbest decision that is life changing for you. So it's just kids should not be having um, high amounts of THC. Cause I've been seeing this, that's an issue that's going on here in Colorado, why there's a limit on the amount of dabs that you're allowed to buy at the dispensary because of just kids getting a hold of them and there was no um, limit at first it used to be like you can get up to two ounces a day which includes dabs which means you can go out of here with 28 grams of dabs if you want now the limit is eight a day because really that's all you need i don't know who was going through 28 grams of dabs a day but i'm I mean, if I was a dabber, I would get to that point. Yeah. I'm a dabber. That's why. I, that's why I don't do dabs. I'm, that's that's exactly why I don't do dabs. I'm a dabber, and I could just never see myself getting to that point because I I like I messaged y'all before this chat. Like I did like a couple dabs back to back, and I've been coughing for forty minutes at this point, and yeah. I've been kind of having to mute my mic because I'm still coughing. Like I can't. I couldn't imagine going through that many dabs. Mm. You got to have lungs of steel 
And even at it's that point, it's definitely possible. It's not worth it's it. It's definitely possible. It's not worth it because you never need that much. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I don't I'm sure that's because that's it would just lead right in. I started with just smoking a little bit from a pipe. Then I was like, all right, I'm just going to do some cones. Mm-hmm. All right, now I smoke blunts all the time, three gram blunts. And mm-hmm. now I'm smoking like quarter pound a week. It's ridiculous. So if I went to dabs, mm-hmm. it'd be like, yeah, I would just it would just get out of hand. Yeah, I, mean, I also, I can't attest for these new age kids in high school and stuff doing dabs, uh, which again, we're not promoting that on the show, but that was just not a level of potency that was an option to me. So- Oh, hell no, I'm I can't not even, even close, really perceive. Right? Obviously they could, they could be in the hospital based off of just high levels of THC. Yeah. Cannibal. yeah oh, absolutely. Yeah. Being young and- still developing yeah. yeah who knows what kind of havoc that would right when i was a kid be lucky if we were getting like 14 percent. yeah shit yeah, basically. yeah see, so <laughs> like we weren't hurting ourselves or freaking out we were just getting a little high and forgetting what time it was yeah so i'm basing my <laughs> answer off of as a kid like no it had there was more at play than just the cannabis but i yeah. i don't know about now i don't know well just flower now alone is what at least 10 percent higher on the low wow. end yeah so I mean, if you're, that's crazy. Could I could I add? And, could I add something? Yeah. Um, what you got? Austin? Okay, so I had I, I've, I've been also like like thinking about this. Um, so when, um, technically that's considered like if you do maybe tend to go into something that you weren't expecting, right? And technically, in theory, that's like that's called an overdose, right? Like. If you mm-hmm. take too much yeah. or you yeah. are not comfortable and you're feeling like in despair, or hopeless, or, you know, you're just like, it's not something that, you know, you're very uncomfortable, you know, technically that is an overdose, right? So if we kind of, I don't know, this is just something to think about or discuss is like, absolutely, would, you know, like, let's say that you overdose on morphine and you have a horrible experience. Maybe you, mm. you temporarily um you know aren't there and you maybe maybe you even pass away or something you know and you're like you come back and you say you had a vision and, and like you know and you mm-hmm. it hits you like you know was that an ego death you know and i i i i can only imagine and can think like yeah that would be some sort of ego death right like so like is overdosing also an ego death you know what do you think or can it be so i think that's one in the same. I, I think like ego death, near death experience, I kind of believe those are the same thing as in like, uh, like we were all talking about earlier. Um, dang it. It's missing. I'm, I'm missing like, it now. Flashing before your eyes type thing. Yes, 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 exactly what you're talking about. Yes, mm-hmm. the flashing before the eyes, like this, this is the same thing. And it, it's also going to leave you with that profoundly changed inner you know retrospective kind of thing going on yeah yeah for sure i mean like the most profound personality personality change i've had was from an overdose from a medication that i was being prescribed at the time so my i've talked about this on the show a few different times but i haven't gone too much in depth so when i was younger i was experiencing a lot of issues with depression and anxiety similar to now except Nobody was really acknowledging those issues. And in my household, therapy was kind of just one of those things that was laughed at. Like, you're going to pay somebody $120 an hour to talk to you about something that I could just yell at you about right now. Uh, I just didn't have really um, 
a good upbringing for emotional coping. So the first opportunity I got to just go that route of pharmaceuticals to try to solve these problems I was having with my mental health after a lot of family loss and childhood um, post-traumatic stress, it was something that I have now uncovered within the past few years that you can't just put medications on the, any type of mental health problem you're having and expect it to make a difference. While that does help for some people, there's also times you have to acknowledge that if there's so much going on situational, trying to add more and more medications will only be so much. So that was the issue that psychiatrist wasn't quite understanding because, yeah, I was taking um, Prozac, I was taking another medication, um, I think Lamictal. And it wasn't, like, I was having positive um, upticks in, like, my behavior as far as, like, less combative in school, um, more willing to engage with people. But I was still overall depressed because, I mean, at that point, my dad had just died, really. And I didn't really get a chance to process it. But she thought, okay, um, we've been doing this medication regimen for a while. It's not working. So all my medication got doubled. Within a week of it getting doubled, I completely lost sense of identity in probably the realest way I've ever had happen. And I didn't know if I was going to actually come back from that. I forgot where I was. I forgot who I was, what my name was. I couldn't remember anything. Like my memory was kind of fading in and out at that point. Uh, moments of clarity as far as just like, am I going to recover from this? And if I do, what am I going to do next? And why did, how did I even get to this point? And after that, um, after coming out on the other side with the medication issue, after they realized that the problem wasn't that I was smoking too much weed, it was the fact that my medication had been doubled because the probably the first week or so of me being hospitalized, they still thought it was the weed in my system. So I was still taking that double dose medication. As soon as they realized that wasn't the issue and took me off of it, I was my normal self again. I was able to interact with people and really just having that such a, a huge, just dis, disassociative fog of who I am, where I am and what my purpose was. Afterwards, I had a shift of like, okay, well, I was so negative, so depressed that even pop music I cringed at because I hated the sound of anything happy. How do I make myself more happy? And that's kind of just been what I've been reworking now as far as just trying to do things, not necessarily in the moment, I'm still planning things out, but not overthinking myself to the point of exhaustion like I used to, and just trying to enjoy myself more and give myself a little bit more credit and cut myself a little bit more slack. So Yeah. But that Whoa, experience man. I had was not from psychedelics, and that was from pharmaceuticals. Yeah, and I—that's the reason I, I brought. You know, I, I was when you brought up ego death as a topic, I was like, man, there's just so much that you know, you we we get. There's just so much apart from the definition, the little definitions, and all that. You know, um, like another thing, if you don't mind, I could add is like, yeah, um, let's say ego death in a kind of—I uh, don't want to say it wrong—mythology. Not mythology, um, kind of like okay, how about like kind of like in a spiritual way, like let's say, like you know, Buddhism 
um, if you were to look up Buddhism, you know, and like it, if you kind of start um, understanding the, the definition of it, like uh, Zen leads to ego death, you know, mm. um, and they refer to it as the ego death. Mm. Like if you do reach that, they call it the great death. And then they compare the physical death and they call that the small death, you know? So it's like, it's just like, it could mean so much, you know? And it, I, I find it fascinating. So like, if I'm understanding you correctly, kind of like ego death as another form of reincarnation into a new self. Yeah. Like, and that's what it really like. Yeah. Or we, whatever, whatever. Your true self. You know, like, that's like, we're all like, like I think, I, I'm not advising anybody to do anything like, you know, um, but I do believe that everyone should at least like meditate somehow or kind of try to find something like that, you know, something like whether, for example, like, like you just said you had an ego death, but it wasn't on psychedelics. Mm -hmm. You know, I also believe that you can like talk your way through a miniature ego death of like who you are. Like maybe like you're just so like, for me, um, I'll, I'll just put it out an example of myself. I, um, tend to always be very suspicious and very like um uh like i weigh out everything with anyone that i meet kind of thing mm -hmm. you know and part of me like wants to change that you know and the only way that i could change that is if i kind of like talk myself through a miniature ego death and just like what experience like what experiences have you gone through in the past that makes you this way why you know why do you re why is the first thing that you do is become suspicious and you think like oh, that this person's like trying to do something negative you know and you know and like and then like how do you change that how do you let go of that you know and and i mean that technically is a small ego death like letting go of something that that you've been like molded into you mm -hmm. know i mean i don't know like what do you think <laughs> i'm just talking i don't know i like i like all these talking points what do you think andrew uh, i actually wanted to add in uh to talking about the meditation because uh, i do agree with it completely but i wanted to add in that meditation maybe isn't what everyone thinks that it is just like we're talking about different forms of ego death i think mm -hmm. uh, we could talk about different forms of meditation in the way of i see meditation as anything that uh kind of puts you in that autonomous state where you're like zoned out uh, you're still kind of thinking about things, but it's more of like an effortless flow than a thought process. Yeah. Uh, so like, I don't know if you guys play video games, but like if you're doing really good at your game, like yeah. for that 15, 20 minutes or whatever, where you just like completely forget about everything else and that's the only thing that exists. To me, that's kind of a form of meditation as in you're clearing your mind of everything else. Yes, you may be focusing on something, but everything else is gone. So it seems like what you're describing, if I can pull this up. Um, it's like a hyperfixation. <laughs> like, a, like a flow state. Yeah. Um, hitting a point of, hold on, if I could actually pull up the definition of flow state instead of it just showing me this business give me two say <laughs> so the term flow state describes a mental state in which a person is completely focused on a single task or activity they are directing all their attention towards the task and they do not experience any thoughts about themselves or their performance it's just a hundred percent honing in on what you're doing yes to me it's kind of like that's a form of meditation yeah. Uh, like when I'm like 
when I'm on my motorcycle and I'm in the mountains and I'm just mm -hmm. riding, like yeah. that's, it's the same thing. Like everything else just kind of disappears. Hey yo, it's Katara from Smoke to Smoke. I want to give y'all the 411 on a company with great Delta 8 and rare cannabinoid products that can be delivered right to your door. If you're looking for some high quality rare cannabinoid products, look no further. My boys over at Moonwalker have got you covered. If you're looking for a wide range of quality rare cannabinoid tinctures, gummies, vapes, topicals, and even gummy sampler packs for you to try out just a taste of some of their delicious cannabinoid treats before committing to a bottle, check out Moonwalker. And when you go to the site, don't forget to use the code smoke to smoke 420 to save some cash the next time you want to stock up your stash. Again, that's S-M-O-K-E-T-O-S-M-O-K-E-420 -O -E to save a little bit off on me. It means a lot. Uh, yeah, and that also, like, there's several different types of meditation. It's something that um, I learned in therapy since every time that it was brought up to me at first, of course, I'm sucking my teeth and crossing my arms because I don't want to do that shit. I just, therapy and my bad, meditation just wasn't my whole, wasn't my forte at all until I started yeah. to understand that you can be mindful in what you're doing. Something as, as simple as just, like you said, being in that flow state while cooking a meal or while cleaning or while listening to music. Yeah, just, whatever it is. Yeah, you don't have to just sit there like in a dark room with like some some ambient noise going on, going um, trying oh. to focus. Like, hey, you don't have to do none of that jazz. Like there's a whole bunch of different types of meditation out there. And I feel like, Honestly, yeah, it's it's definitely something to at least explore. Even if you don't like it, you don't have to keep doing it. But it's right, it's absolutely. <laughs> so, um, how do we feel set and setting ties into the type of ego death that we have? Uh, uh, sure, I can kind of okay. start what it you off. Um. Sweet. So, I mean, everybody, I mean, everybody does this, you know, like when they're first like uh, researching, whether you're new um, or you're trying to explain to somebody, uh, but just about every, t every single person that's out there kind of curious, I'm like, it's psychedelics for me. Do I want to try it? You know, you start doing this research, uh, the, it's always going to come up set and setting, you know, mm -hmm. what is it? Um, so set and setting refers to set is going to be like your personal headspace, your mindset, um how you're feeling you know that day like uh did you have a stressful experience re recently um did you have a traumatic experience recently are you just in a you know are you great are you uh you know just feeling great you know like you know if if you were to take probably go on a psychedelic experience when something traumatic just happened you're you know that headspace is uh you know that's going to be your setting is mm -hmm. your set you're it's probably gonna it's it's gonna influence your experience um and then setting is like uh it, that's used to refer to like your physical um or social environment um like where you're at are you in a safe space are you like doing this in the middle of the forest uh you know like are you uh doing it in the middle of the city you know like all those things will affect your experience um and i do believe um set and setting 
I mean, obviously it does. It does have a big part uh, to do with your experience. Um, I, for myself, like, for example, um, I don't, I don't trust myself to do these things out in like uh, too deep in nature. I always want to, like, I, I, I want to be like, man, I wish I could go to a beautiful waterfall and all this, but I just cannot like what scares me the most mm -hmm. is like, what if something happens and I'm in this like state of mind where I can't like, you know, react yeah. or do something about it. Um, but those times where I was like, all right, I'll do a little bit and then I'll kind of take a little hike, just like on the edge of the hike. And it's like something that's like, I can't even explain it. You know, um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever done that, but like nature has a weight of like putting you in a fre frequency that's like different when you do these things in the house mm -hmm. and nature just like, I don't know, like grounds you and makes you, it's just makes you feel like you're a part of oh, it. Yeah. Um, definitely something that I would recommend you, uh, do in a safe, in a safe setting or like with someone who can like keep an eye on you, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, sorry, I kind of went um, off, but, uh, yeah, that, I, that completely yeah. answered the question. Yeah. Like, um, and, and I got stories for this too. Um, some previous trips I had, so I guess like three months ago at this point, uh, for my birthday, went out to Westcliff and got to just enjoy the milky way on mushrooms and it was just the most like it felt like my entire head was just like expanding and opening back and like my soul was getting sucked up into the stars. <laughs> i don't even know how to describe it was just so expansive out there and it's a dark town so they don't have any street lights or anything like that interference where you can actually just enjoy nature see the stars hear the crickets in the background and I did enough planning to where I like, okay, I feel squared away doing this. I got my husband here. Nothing, nothing too crazy should happen. And if so, I'm sure he can beat somebody up. So um, it was just such, <laughs> it's such an enjoyable experience being just out there in nature yeah. with him and just that, that not only feeling connected to nature, but to my partner in that, in that experience. And while we do have, pleasant trips together at home something about that was just so much more special to me yeah nature has a i, I don't know nature is just amplified for me you know like it's just uh, it's amazing yeah, absolutely it's like, it's like scary but <laughs> i like to do stuff whenever i can see i don't like to sit around <laughs> i'm i'm always i gotta do something just, uh, I feel like I can enjoy it more that way. I want to enjoy every aspect of what it gives to me. Yeah. So you prefer taking trips within nature and not within like a household setting? Oh yeah, I would rather be like, I don't know, just walking around outside or, I mean, something, or doing something active, I yeah. mean, anything. Yeah. I get a lot of energy from mushrooms though, too. <laughs> yeah. I get energy from them as well. The only strain I didn't was, I believe, like, Makilla Gorilla. And that's the only time I've, like, felt, fallen asleep mid-trip. I was really, like, thoroughly confused. I woke up, yeah, and I was like, well, the timer now says... Those colors. Like, color, like it, the timer now says 18 hours. I have no actual data here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was such a, such a pleasant experience that, like, unlike what I'm usually used to with mushrooms, of, like, yeah, I'm amped. I want to kind of... 
I, I have that yearning to go outside, but in the particular area I live in, uh, that's not like a good idea after a certain time. And it's not like I didn't I didn't necessarily think this is like an unsafe area, but like a whole bunch of weird shit has been going on. So just I'd rather not trip and then go outside because then I just that puts me in a whole different set and setting that it just I don't need. It's negativity. No. So, yeah, but out in nature, though, like that, that's that's a whole vibe. But out where I'm at, there's no nature, per se. So it's just like city, city tripping, which is very different. Yeah, I, I noticed I cannot watch TV or play video games on mushrooms. You said you can't watch TV or play video games? Nope, not at all. Like, I, I am huh. totally disinterested in them on mushrooms. It's it's very funny watching my It's so weird. Like, as soon as I'm watching the mushrooms kick in as he's playing something like Madden or Mass Effect, and then just a certain point where just any direction or dialogue going on from the characters is just going in one ear out the other and he just kind of sets down the controller and he just kind of goes up and do his own little like <laughs> he's not there anymore <laughs> he's like nope uh, yeah. I I like oh yeah go ahead oh, no continue oh, I was just gonna say that uh, I don't know and like usually like when I, like, I'm done with like the heavy part of something mm-hmm. like if I'm like not gonna lemon tech and do something that's gonna take like six to eight hours mm-hmm. towards the like after the peak you know like this kind of winding down i like to play like a movie and it's just always so funny to just be like man this movie is really good you know and you're kind of like even though it's probably you know if you were to show it to somebody else it'd be like yeah i've already seen it you know but when you're like rewatching it like that you're like oh wow what a great scene when it, you know? it hits in the middle of the movie and it feels like it, all of a sudden it's a window instead of a tv screen yeah <laughs> you're like I, well I, they're I, like really here right now man <laughs> <laughs> I, i've gotta watch something funny while i'm tripping at home just because i need something that's going to make it easier to like stay within that positive mind space so it's, I, my mind does tend to drift at times, but if I'm watching something hilarious like Boondocks or Idiocracy or like any type of stand-up, like I, I found the Kings of Comedy, so it was kind of like a Dave Chappelle stand-up, Steve Harvey, um, just kind of watching like their like initial comedy sets before they started getting their stride. It was like, I gotta watch something that's gonna put me in a light mood. I can't, anything that's gonna be like having me thinking too much, like The Matrix, like I can't do it. But Something that like like scary movie light light things. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be real light. Because yeah. if it's something like even if it's something that like looks freaky on the screen, if like <laughs> if it looks freaky it to starts me, to feel at a too point real in the trip, I'm gonna spaz. Yeah, it starts feeling too yeah. real. Because I think we were watching yeah we were watching Idiocracy, and there was a certain point where I think one of the characters' faces was either like melting. Or they were kind of like, um, I, I can't remember, they, they were disfigured in some way. But I was so freaked out by something that if I looked at it in just like a non, uh, non, without having psychedelics in my system, I would have been just fine. But it just added just way more like emotion to how I was watching the movie and more added my appreciation onto the movie after that um, trip too. Because now I'm just like, I don't know, prior to watching like 
prior to, I guess, getting into psychedelics, I always felt like everything needs to have a meaning and a purpose, which is surprising that like with taking them and, you know, you would think you would try to like find the more meaning and purposeful things in life, kind of just realizing that not everything is so serious. Not everything needs to have a purpose and kind of just like have fun. It's yeah. made it to where I'm able to hundred percent more. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one more thing before we kind of wrap the conversation up for today, which has been excellent, by the way, y'all. But what do you think constitutes a bad trip? How do we get to that point? Is a bad trip necessarily bad? Ooh. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't believe in bad trips. I just believe it's a trip you're not ready for, or you were looking for something and it gave you what you needed instead. Uh, I believe that when it comes to mushrooms, you can hide your emotions from like everyone around you. You can even pretend to yourself that everything's okay. But once those mushrooms get involved and the wall between your subconscious and conscious gets dissolved and everything just floods, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't, (laughs) <laughs> you can't stop what yeah. happens, you know? You're going to get what you need, not what you yeah. want. <laughs> so you have to be prepared for, you know, yes, there's the fun side, but there's also the downside because there's, you know, different chemicals in there that do different mm-hmm. things. But we, you know, and the downside is also a good thing as in like the ego death that we're talking yeah. about. It's it's good to be brought down and humbled, honestly. <laughs> I know. It's, you should... It's, you know, it just makes you see things a little differently, uh, a little clearer, I think. And I think when people talk about a bad trip, it's a lot of it is just there's that trauma there or whatever that they don't want to deal with and they haven't dealt with. And now it's staring them in the face and they can't run away from it for the next eight hours. You know, (laughs) it just sets in that doom and gloom feeling instead of I need to focus, I need to listen. I need to figure out how to move through yeah. this. So it's more of like a mindset thing, I think, than anything else. Uh, but I guess that's just types of people in general. Yeah. Uh, if you're met with adversity, you're either going to back down or you're going to push forward. So I don't know. I guess that maybe that's just the difference in just the general psyche of people that can cause that you know, bad trip or whatever you want to call it kind of feeling. Yeah. What do you think, Oscar? I I, I agree. Um, I that um, we we do like you know everyone. I mean, I'm not. I'm assuming that everyone's seen like you know the fear and the loathing or something like that. You know, where like it's just like iconic for like bad trip. You know, and you. I don't. Are you familiar with that movie or? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and like that they have some scenes in there where it's like. You know, one of the characters like almost turns into a devil or something like that, you know, and um, I don't know. It's just like that classic like 80s um, like culture thing where it's like anyone who does psychedelic is like satanic or you think you're yeah. gonna, like see these like demons and, you know, like um, I don't. Yeah, that doesn't like that's not. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but I have personally like a bad trip. Right? I mean, what I. I shouldn't say bad trip, but like a trip that could be considered, you know, by people who are like, Oh, I don't want this to happen. Um, like it's usually that 
it's usually that it's like when you don't expect it and you're you're just like nope this is not what i wanted this is not what i need right now <laughs> and you know you you can't you can't turn it off you know <laughs> you have to just uh, right. you know lean into it or you know try to um try to come you know recuperate maybe or kind of talk do something to get yourself out of it as much as possible but um yeah. in most cases when you start like when you start to fixate or like concentrate on that like oh i'm having a bad trip mm -hmm. or this is getting this is not where i wanted to go and you start like start thinking about unicorns start thinking about unicorns and then like you just like almost like light a fire you know for mm -hmm. it and it just starts to like magnify yeah. i don't know if you guys have experienced that but um yeah. i think like what for example i can give an example of something that happened to one of my friends mm -hmm. um one of them they took it with like their partner mm -hmm. and one of them was having a a good trip and the other person was like hey the floor uh the floor is turning into worms oh, you know God. and the other person's like right and the other person's like um well like oh here let me help you rub your back and and then the the person that was getting the rub back ended up feeling sick and threw up mm -hmm. right so then the other person now is just like oh my god i see the worms too and now they're also experiencing the person throwing up <laughs> and they kind of play off into, they, wow. they just causes like a a, a moment of like, what the hell is going on and but um they called me mm -hmm. right and they're like hey can you just come down here and like talk to us yeah. or something and, and i went down there and played some music for them to kind of talk to them and they were okay mm -hmm. you know um and they kind of brought themselves out of it and they kind of started laughing and they're like, whoa, that was so weird. And thank you for helping. You know? But like, uh, you know, an experience, like it's just so many things that could happen for you to feel uncomfortable and be like, oh, I don't want this. I don't want this, you know, but it is possible for you to kind of like take a deep breath, you know, realize that this is just something that's happening. It's going to, it's going to pass. Um, and usually you know you'll, you'll be fine yeah and then that that kind of ties into the trip i was telling you about earlier which was the last macrodose i've personally had um it's mm -hmm. because i took that lamenteca the apiety cross within the first 15 minutes i hit such an emotional roof where i just started crying uncontrollably and couldn't quite figure out why besides what I obviously was trying to avoid, which was the fact that I was just in a terrible, terrible headspace at that time. It was a highly emotional morning followed by, well, that was just kind of the head of a highly emotional week. So I was like, you know, I've had two good hours out of the entire seven days. I think I'll go ahead and take a trip. That was the worst fucking experience I've ever had. I like, cause I had a point where mm. I'm like, okay, Hit, hit the roof at the first 15 minutes. Every five minutes after that is just hitting a new unsurmountable level that I can't quite comprehend what's even happening anymore. Because now the walls are just exploding in all these um, vibrant rainbow colors. Every time I open my mouth just tr to try to breathe, the words that I'm saying, I'm now visualizing and they're just kind of exploding here <laughs> and these like, dark dark cloud plumes of negativity that just kind of felt like it was expelling out my body the room was spinning rapidly around me i couldn't really get a sense of like okay i'm aware that this is like this is not forever but how long is this trip gonna be again i'm like okay okay this has been a lot this has been a lot it's like okay fuck it's only been about five yeah. more minutes i've got two more hours 
<laughs> so it's just like my husband was there. He hadn't um, macrodosed that day, thank goodness. So he was able to just try to like talk me down, play very calming lo-fi music, and like Oscar, you're familiar familiar with like the deepness of his voice. And guys who have listened to the show, he's been on one episode before. You know that that resonous booming he's got to it was very soothing so i'm like you don't even have to like talk about anything that makes sense just say words like, i just need to hear the positive mm-hmm. vibration and get to some type of grounding point to where i'm okay yeah and yeah well that yeah what you, what you got oh i was just gonna say how like that's that's amazing that you share that with him mm-hmm. you know um and i I've, I've told many people in the past, like they call me and they're like, man, I just went through something insane and I didn't like it. And, and I'm like, well, were you around with someone that you, you know, felt safe with? Like, yeah, I was with my wife Mm -hmm. or I was with my partner, you know, and they helped me and they held me and stuff like that. And it's like, it's so insane how, when like, I like to tell some people sometimes I'm like, Hey man, if you ever take this with someone else, you know, and and you find like you, you want to cling on to them and you like feel safe around them. Like, they're, they're very special to you, you know, like take that seriously. Cause when you're going through those things, sometimes you're in despair, you know, you're like hopelessness and like the one person you think about the one person that can help you out of it, you know, that's probably the person that, you know, they mean a lot to you, you know? So I think that's really beautiful. You know, you got, you, know, you can be like, your voice is just calming me down. You know, yeah. if you're ever going through one of those situations again, like, I mean, you got your best friend, you know, that's beautiful. Yeah. Like in another way to kind of combat bad trips as you've spoken on. And as I've talked about is having a best friend nearby that you feel comfortable being in that setting with, even if they aren't taking the dose with you, just kind of like an accountability buddy, just to make sure you're okay. And that you still remember where you're at and that you are going to come out on the opposite side of that experience just as you went in before, or at least within the same mental clarity, like the state that you're in at that time is not going to be a forever state. Exactly. Um, well, y'all that, that was, um, that was a great conversation. If you guys got anything else you want to add before we wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I thought we're just getting started. No, but, um, I do want to, I was just kind of like reading, um, I had a bunch of windows open mm. while we were like talking and mm-hmm. stuff. And I did come across this. Um, it's called the, the ego dissolution inventory. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read the, what it okay. is um, as a validated self-report questionnaire that allows for the measure of transient ego dissolution experiences. Um, a caused by psychedelic drugs. So if anyone out there is interested in like, ever wondering like how can i measure what an ego death is you know this sounds like it's something like that could maybe help you understand you know or maybe even like uh obviously i think it's done for like uh either someone's doing it to you or you can put yourself through the questionnaire kind of mm-hmm. thing you know i did i didn't, i never knew that existed until now and i thought that was pretty neat okay. um, what'd you say it was called but it's called the ego death solution inventory Okay, Eco Death Solution Inventory. I'm going to try to include that within the show notes for today's episode, just for listeners who are inquisitive about checking that out and getting a little bit more of an 
in-depth take on what that entire study is and the series of questioning. Well, um, yeah, you said you wanted to keep rocking and rolling. I mean, if you had any other points you wanted to add about bad trips, I, I'm not going to cut you off. I mean, um, I mean, yeah. Um, let me see. There was something that was kind of like I wanted to. Oh, I did want to. <laughs> I wanted Andrew. Have you got? Um, have both of you ever watched the movie called Waking Life? I have not. Hmm. No. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. That's actually one of. I, uh, I actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched that the second time I've ever tried um, psilocybin in high school, and I watched that, and I was like, "It's definitely it was ahead of its time for sure." It's done in like a almost animation, like claymation kind of thing, and it's just, it's not an actual. Um, it's a it's a film with a bunch of short theories mm-hmm. and short like basically conversations between people about um, theology. Just uh, um, I don't know. Just basically, it almost it's like the interesting know, very, stuff. It's just very interesting. Yeah, you should just check it out if you have the time. You know. Okay. Um, yeah. And what was the name of that one more time for us? That's called Waking Life. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I'm definitely going to have to see if I can find that on like HBO Max or Hulu or something and try watching it. Yeah. Oh, I think we should actually, we should um, kind of, let me, I just want to make sure, you know, since we are talking about these things that, you know, our, our listeners that are listening and, you know, if you ever do, um, I should actually look this up earlier, but. Let me see. I just want to make sure maybe we kind of offer some, like if you are having a bad experience, you know, um, there, there are, there are hotlines and there are like people out there that kind of, that you could reach out to. Um, That's cool. Uh, yeah. Let us know. I know that there's one here. Cause I did not know. What I didn't that? know there was a hotline. Let us know about that for sure. Yeah. That's new information yeah. for me. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah, there, there's a couple here in, in Colorado. Um, in, oh shoot, I don't want to just kind of like. Yeah, that will be something that for listeners who find themselves in the future potentially facing um, upcoming bad trips, if you want to have these resources available to you, since we can't find them right now during the episode, we will have them included in the show. Oh, I found it. Oh, oh. We- we will also have them included in the show notes, but we did just find it too. What's up? Yeah, so um, I forgot her name, but uh, Vanessa. Her name first name is Vanessa, and then the other person is uh, Seraphim. They're um, Vanessa's out in Pueblo, I believe, and Seraphim is out in Colorado Springs mm-hmm. in your area, actually. Mm-hmm. And they both, um, anyways, I met them, and they were kind of talking about this. For it's called the Fireside Project. Okay. Um, fireside project so it, it and they they advertise themselves as the psychedelic support line so if you ever find yourself in any kind of like if you're having issues with any kind of drugs you know you're, maybe you're overdosing maybe you're having you know a bad experience you can definitely call this number it's um six two fireside six two five. You know? uh, okay. yeah 
And you can also go to the website at uh, firesideproject.org. Uh, and there's a bunch of great info like harm reduction and all that, you know, all that good stuff that that's very important if you're going to be, uh, you know, dabbling in this. Okay. All right, y'all. Well, um, unfortunately, since our conversation is almost two hours at this point and my laptop is at the point of basically dying, we're going to have to actually wrap it up today just to make sure we can still save the audio and get it out to <laughs> listeners. But it's been an excellent chat. We will definitely have to revisit this topic because I feel like we all have still plenty more to say. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to our first official roundtable discussion on Smoke to Smoke podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you got any ideas for future topics we should delve into, please feel free to reach out on smoketosmokepodcast.com or in the DMs on Instagram just so we can get all your insight and then talk about it on the show because this was so much fun. I'm definitely going to be doing a lot more of this. Well, you all have a great night and I'll see you around. All right. Bye-bye. Much love. Thank you.